0: Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org to find a written version of the roundup that has links to all the stories we're about to discuss. Let's go to our first piece of the week, Ruling Threatens PrEP and All Preventive Health Services. The conversation explored the implications of a court ruling in Texas in which a judge ruled that companies do not have to include HIV prevention in their insurance plans if it offends the religious views of the company's owner. At issue was the requirement that employer-based health plans cover pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP, which is a daily pill and now also um, offered as an injection, that is 99% effective at preventing HIV. It's often recommended to members of the LGBTQ community, as well as other folks who are considered at higher risk for HIV. The employer in this case argued without having scientific evidence that this would encourage sexual behaviors that they do not favor. The conversation explores other facets of preventive care that are now under threat should the ruling not be reversed on repeal. Basically, all, all sorts of uh, preventive services um, are covered in the law, and because of a couple different aspects of the case, um, these are now under threat with this ruling. So, really, a concern for all folks concerned with health access and public health, um, but especially for those of us focused on LGBT health, since this is such a big issue in our community. Definitely a really disappointing uh, case. Our next story looks at examining and banning healthcare discrimination. Kind of on the other side of the, the story with respect to discrimination in healthcare, Center for American Progress published a report on LGBT healthcare discrimination, including a rule published under sex, uh, Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act that, quote, would restore and expand non discrimination protections for LGBT individuals seeking care. The rule applies to insurers and providers, for example, not allowing providers or insurers to conduct or cover, respectively, gynecological services for cisgender women, but not transgender men. The report also includes new research highlighting the need for action, including that 17% of sexual minority individuals 49% of trans people and 61% of intersex people were afraid they'd be denied quality of care uh, quality care if they disclosed their respective identities. So definitely a big need here for this type of rule. Um, And, uh, you know, this is something that's been kind of coming and going over the past few administrations. Um, It's been bolstered legally by the Supreme Court case um, that found that, uh, that LGBT people were included in non-discrimination provisions that related to sex, since that was the language used um, in Section 1557. So, um, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a political football here back and forth, and uh, hopefully we will end um, end out all of this with stronger protections, because clearly based on this research and a lot of other research, it's needed. Now, our next story, California could be sanctuary for trans youth. The Hill reported on California's move to becoming a sanctuary for trans and gender diverse youth to seek care, as many other states around the country moved to restrict transgender rights, particularly for minors. A new bill that passed the legislature would prohibit healthcare providers and insurance companies from releasing information about a youth who received care um, in response to a lawsuit filed from out of state. Um, So this is the kind of thing that could happen with states banning gender-affirming care for minors. Uh, You know, there's often um, provisions in these types of bills that, you know, prevent uh, a minor and or their parents from going outside of state to receive that care. So basically, this California um, bill would uh, not allow um, you know, providers or insurers to disclose this type of care to anyone looking for it out of state trying to um, to prosecute a, a transgender person or, or their family members who assisted them. Medical experts have, have weighed in against the type of law that's banning this type of care, and that was one of the arguments used for this bill in California. Um, they point to evidence that gender affirming care improves and saves lives as justification for California, kind of strengthening, um, you know, not only access for their own residents, but for people who may be coming in from elsewhere. Next up, gender minority med students face challenges. The Lancet published an examination of how transgender and gender diverse individuals are often discouraged from entering the medical profession due to a lack of training on how to create supportive environments, as well as negative experiences with patients such as discriminatory statements or treatment. This is especially troubling given that uh, having more gender minority medical professions could be a big step in addressing the widespread inequities that transgender and gender diverse people face with respect to healthcare. Uh, While the number of gender minority medical students has more than doubled since 2016, according to enrollment data, that the number only doubled to around 1.2 percent. So that's an increase, but it's still a small percentage. And, you know, granted, um, gender minority people are, are by definition of the term, you know, we are minorities, so it's never going to be, um, you know, a, a huge percentage, but I think 1.2% um, for the age group of folks you know, starting to attend medical school is definitely under. Now, some of this, I think just my own opinion could also be, you know, a little bit of under reporting from students. Um, and that's a problem. In and of itself, if folks don't feel comfortable, but you know I think the point of the article is that some people may be avoiding this type of profession because it's just not a very comfortable environment and if if we don't have um, transgender and um, and other gender minority providers, it's going to be really hard to overcome the disparities that the community faces. The authors point to the need for more training in medical facilities, um, including to ensure that fed- fellow medical students and professionals utilize the correct name and pronouns. They also point out to a really great story of someone who kind of stepped in as an ally and um, and addressed negative behavior coming from a patient. And that kind of thing can, of course, only happen when people are, are knowledgeable and comfortable with the subject matter themselves. Next up, senators push to reinforce marriage equality. The Washington Post published an op-ed by Senators Tammy Baldwin and Susan Collins, who are both co-sponsors from different parties of the Respect for Marriage Act. The law, which already has passed in the House, would require the federal government to recognize all marriages that are legal in the state in which they were performed. Now, this would include same sex marriages and interracial marriages, um, which are legal now because of past Supreme Court cases. But those uh, cases have recently been called into a bit of question. So the idea here is to reinforce that those marriages will be recognized um, by the federal government should any future case undo the the changes that were made in the past. So the senators point out in the op-ed that this law is not going to change the status quo at all. It's just going to protect that. It's going to send an affirming message, provide some security and peace of mind to same-sex couples or those who are in interracial marriages or those who are in a same-sex interracial marriage. Um, And they also note the importance of this in preserving people's um, benefits, which you know, key to, to the health angle here is, of course, health insurance, but there are a lot of things here um, that, that certainly touch on, on health and social determinants of health that are tied up in, in a marriage license. So the idea of, of those going away um, is definitely scary, and this uh, bill would prevent that from happening. And now our final piece of the week, victimization and alcohol use among youth. LGBT Health published a study looking at the experiences of sexual minority youth. The study found support for the idea under the minority stress theory that experiences of victimization could have an association with alcohol use among um, sexual minority youth in this case. They also explored some nuances um, with respect to black, Latinx and white youth, which of course is really important. Um, and they looked at the concept of resiliency and how that might impact outcomes, which you know is something that I think is kind of underutilized in health um, research. We tend to focus a lot on the problems. So it's always good to also think about resiliency and strengths and how those can be leveraged to improve health. Well, that does it for another week of our LGBT wellness roundup. As I mentioned at the top, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to find a written version of the roundup with links to these stories. And don't forget to tune in next week for our next edition. Thanks so much.